Light that spark fire nation. JLD here and welcome to episode 1990 of EO Fire where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. Productivity, discipline, and focus, those are my three greatest strengths and they can be yours too. Visit themasteryjournal.com and master all three skills in 100 days. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Ishveen Anand. Ish. Are you prepared to ignite? I am. Thanks for having me, John. (laughs) Ish is the founder and CEO of the award-winning marketplace, Open Sponsorship, a VC-backed startup connecting brands like Glassdoor, Verizon, and DraftKings to pro athletes, teams, and events. Ish was recently named on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list and is an expert on sports sponsorship. Ish, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the introduction. So I was a sports agent. Prior to that, I had been a management consultant. I graduated from Oxford and then I had a a big career change, as I'm sure many of your listeners have. And I decided that my passion was sports. And someone had recommended that, you know, why don't I look at sponsorship? Because it's the backbone of all sports. Um, I took their advice. I flew to India um, thinking, well, if I'm going to do one big change, why not do two? And so this was back in 2009, became a sports agent, fast forward, did very well, moved to America. And then one day I had this moment and I thought, why is our industry so difficult and I looked at other industries similar recruitment dating real estate where there's been these agents who sat in the middle and thought you know why don't we have Airbnb or match.com for our industry and so that's what we started. So one thing that I'm curious about is what you consider right now your area of expertise what is that? It's interesting because I'd say that we sit at the cross-section of sports. So obviously sports is a, is a big one for, for us. I'd say for me, for, I'd say business of sports particularly. So, you know, don't start quizzing me on the 1980s World <laughs> Series statistics or anything like that. But um, the business of sports is a big one. Marketing, because, you know, sponsorship is a form of marketing. And then I would say entrepreneurialism now, given that you know, I've been a tech entrepreneur for just over two years. So what don't we know about sports sponsorships, you know, we being a typical entrepreneur, that you really think we should know? That it's accessible and it's it's completely justified. It's it, 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 To be honest, there's so much that you don't know um, as an entrepreneur that you think, well, why would I need to know? But 14% of all marketing spend in North America goes to sponsorship and 70% of that is in sports. And But yet that 14% is heavily made up of your Fortune 500 or even higher. So, you know, your Nikes, your JP Morgan Chases. And that's because most people think sponsorship equals a million dollar deals for Steph Curry, LeBron James. And that's not the truth, right? Um, there are New York Jets players sitting in New York who would love to be working with Silicon Alley and the same for Silicon Valley and the same for Minnesota or Austin. And so sports sponsorship is valuable. Um, it works and it's really fun and it's accessible and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Well, you say it's really fun. Why don't you give me one of your most fun examples of this actually working in a real case, a real live situation? We had a startup out in Chicago who had one of, I think it was one of the Bulls players, um, tweet about their brand. 
and just say, you know, it was a it was a paid endorsement deal, a couple of hundred dollars, and this player was like, you know, here's a cool startup in the area, and what what their business was was to, if you were out of your home state, then they would collaborate. It was almost like meetup for fans outside of their home state, because obviously it's very hard to get like on cable. Um, the matches that you want to watch if you're not in kind of in that region. And so it was like a meetup and you meet these people and you, you go and watch these games together. So they said, you know, to all my friends outside of Chicago, sorry, to all my fans outside of Chicago, you know, um, use this app to go find other Chicago fans and, you know, get together. And just on the back of that one tweet, they raised money, they won competitions, they got all this validation. And the reason was, is because at the end of the day, when you turn around and say, hey, look, this uh, this Bulls player believes that, you know, we're the best place to go for this. Everyone else was just believed it. And obviously, you know, the player did it because they liked the business, but at the same time, it's a sponsorship deal. Yeah, I guess a question that I would have and probably a lot of other people is like, why is this professional NBA player who's making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year in the most likely case, why are they doing a tweet for a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, great question. Um, the main reason why is because sponsorship is not done just for money. That's influencer marketing. That's what you think of when you think of influencer marketing. People who become rich because they're famous and you know, and they use their brand. Athletes have always been doing sponsorship well before influencer marketing, obviously music as well. And so there is a component, which is a nice money to have. You know, uh, Roger Federer is paid, one of the highest paid athletes in the world. And a lot of that is based on sponsorship. But for a lot of these like NBA players who are not LeBron James, um, not Steph Curry, for them, it's just a case of kudos, right? A great example here is during the NBA finals last year, the playoffs, there was a, um, a guy on the Hawks called Torian Prince. And we did a peanut butter deal with him. And he did like peanut butter. So it was quite fun. And he posted it on the morning of his last playoff game. And on his comment stream, it was literally fans being like, oh, my God, man, you've made it. I mean, this is a guy who's playing in the finals at night and people are going, oh, my God, you've made it. Look at you. You're in, you're in the big leagues now. And that's how athletes think about sponsorship and brand personality, which is, you know, it's cool. Someone wants to support me. I rub off on them. They rub off on me. Um, and, you know, another way to think about it, especially I was at CES last week with a lot of NFL players, a lot of them are thinking about it because it, it means that they're defining their brand now. So when they finish playing, they look at guys like Shaquille O'Neal or Baron Davis and they think, you know, how do I become that? And sponsorship is one of those ways of defining a brand. Great example-ish. Thanks for breaking that down. And let's go in a different direction now because your journey has been one of ups and downs as an entrepreneur. And I want you to take us to the lowest of the low business moment that you've experienced. So tell us your worst entrepreneurial moment. It was so funny to think of this because you never really have one. Yeah, fortunately, it's not like I've just gone bankrupt or I don't have one of those like turning points in the business. But there was a good six months of low. And so there were so many different points in that time that I could pick. And obviously, I'm only going to pick one, not to bore your, your listeners too much. But um, I think one of 
one thing that really stuck out to me, I mean, obviously every entrepreneur has problems raising money at first and like defining business and thinking about subscription models or whatever else. Um, one of the worst moments for me was probably hiring. And I really struggled with that um, at the beginning because you're creating something new. So it's not like it can say, okay, I'm creating a new CRM. So let me look at someone who's already created CRM and ha- try and hire someone from that. Like no one's done this before. And so who do you go for, an ex-sports agent or go for techie or whatever it may be? And I remember there was this moment in time where I hired someone um, fairly early on into the life of open sponsorship. And he walked in and about one hour in, I was like, oh, this was not the right person. And you're such a small team that, you know, you can't, you, you can't make up for the fact that if you've hired wrong. And I, by the end of the week, I had um, fired him. And it was it was really tough because, you know, it, it, you are so optimistic when you're hiring as a, as a new entrepreneur because you want, every, you know, you're like, wow, you want to work for me? That's amazing. Let's, let's make it work. And then, you know, interviews are such very nice places where everyone says the right thing and you're listening for the right thing and that kind of thing. And then they walk in and, you know, you're putting them into your payroll system and you're like, really, what am I doing? Like, I really don't want you on my team. So I'd, I'd probably say my worst moment was that point where day one, almost like two hours in, one hour in, I was like, I'm going to have to get rid of you. But when is the right time? Tomorrow, the end of the day, the end of the week? Um, like now, <laughs> like yeah. this very moment in time, financial, it never gets any better. It only gets worse. So help yourself, help that person, get them out the door. They're not the right fit. They're yeah. not going to thrive in that situation. What's the one takeaway ish you want to make sure that we get from that story? When you're early on, it's really attractive, especially when people come to you and say, listen, I'm, I'm good for that role. And I call it opportunistic hiring where someone fit something that maybe you weren't 100% looking for, but you're like, we'll make it work and you're ready to work for a lower salary and what you've got a bit of experience that I don't have. I would still say, it, you don't have to, I don't like that phrase, hire slow, fire fast. I don't think it's about hiring slow, that can kill you. I think it's just about making sure that you've got not got your blinders on and you're thinking, okay, am I actually, day one, am I actually going to work with, want to work with you um, and you know, do I want you to sit next to me? And do I want you to sit next to me for the next one year at least? And so really think about those things rather than just saying, okay, well, I'll give it a go. And like I did, like give it a go, come in and then realize like minute one, it wasn't right. What's one of the greatest ideas you've had to date? Like one of those aha moments that you turned into success. Tell us that story. When we first started, I looked at Airbnb and I thought, you know, they've got a great marketplace. Let's do exactly what they're doing. Um, So it's like 3% commission and I just followed their metrics and followed their UI and everything else. And what we realized is is, um, there aren't many places where people will come on and just use it just for fun, even if they have no intention of buying. But when you have athletes on one side, that is what happens. And we called it kicker brands where they, you know, they'd come on the platform and they'd message athletes or these agents and be like, I love you. And here's my product. And I have no money, but will you work with us? And it, it, it was really difficult because you're like, yeah, how can I monetize this and what's going on? And no one's taking it seriously. And so we set up one thing was we set up subscription, which was really difficult because, you know, as a previous sports agent, the word subscription didn't even exist in my vocabulary. And the second thing was we thought, well, if we're going to have subscription, then we need to create dual way engagement and, you know, all the owners can't be on the brand. So we set up what we called a campaign feature. And this was quite early on and it's been perfected a lot. But essentially the same way that previously back in the day, a recruiter would have to look at 
you know, a whole vast uh, amount of potential employees and figure out who was the right one and look at resumes. And then suddenly platforms like AngelList came along or even, you know, internships.com indeed. And they were like, well, let the employer build a, a job posting and let um, applicants apply. We take that for granted. But that, that was a very novel idea when it first came to recruitment. And the same way we have our brands complete this like campaign about who they are and what they're looking for. And then our athletes and agents apply. And it's just, I mean, it's just changed the whole way that we do things. It's changed engagement. Um, it, it, it makes the storytelling easier. So really it's, it was such a simple idea, but it's probably one of the biggest pivotal things about why we're so different. Fire Nation, what's working for somebody else might not be the exact ingredients or recipe for your success. You always have to be testing. You always have to be having your finger on the pulse and be iterating on what's working. Don't be afraid to pivot. Now, that was my big takeaway-ish. What do you want to make sure our listeners get from your aha moments? Yeah, I think you said it absolutely perfectly, which is always be testing and also really understand, don't sit back and think, Okay, well, that's an anomaly. So when brands started coming onto our platform and messaging all these athletes and, you know, I could have been like, oh, well, they're just small brands and we'll get the big brand. But we didn't say that. We thought, you know, this isn't the use of it. I was this isn't the behavior I was expecting. So when the behavior of what you're expecting doesn't happen, you have to fix it. You can't um, too many people close their eyes and go, oh, well, you know that's an anomaly. No, like that's not an anomaly. Like there's something going wrong. If the behavior on with, even if you have a product and if people aren't using it the right way, something that you need to change, don't blame it on the the end user. Fire Nation, if you think Ish has been dropping value bombs, well, you're right. And more coming up in the lightning round when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Looking for a website that can help you crowdsource design projects quickly and easily? Whether you're looking for custom graphics, a new logo, or even a brand new web design, Design Crowd has you covered. All you have to do is post a brief describing the design you need. Then Design Crowd will invite its designers to respond. Within hours, you'll receive your first design. And over the course of three to 10 days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 plus different designs. Finally, you then get to pick the best design and approve payment to the designer. And if you don't find a design you like, no worries. Design Crowd has a money back guarantee and a support team that you can contact by phone or email 24-7 to help. Get started today. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer for Fire Nation or simply enter the discount code FIRE when posting your next project on Design Crowd. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash fire. If you're an e-commerce marketer who is having a difficult time understanding the direct ROI of your marketing campaigns, I get it. It can be frustrating. The good news is if you can put your already existing data to work in order to make more meaningful interactions happen with your customers, then you will win. How do you do that? With Clavio. Clavio helps e-commerce marketers save time and make more money through super targeted, highly relevant email and advertising campaigns. The best part is there's no need to hire an army of developers to access and translate your data for you. All you have to do is integrate your store with Clavio's and then then it will bring together all of your data in one place, making it easy for you to create campaigns that drive results. That's why thousands of e-commerce companies use Clavio to increase their sales. And right now you can sign up for free at Clavio.com. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Ish, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? 
I'm ready. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Everything. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, for me, I, I kind of dove in and it was like, I didn't realize how hard it was to to build tech. And I imagine people now realize that's even harder and they find partners and everything else. Um, I would say, you know, that not having the, the CTO, I'm non-technical, was an issue and it probably delayed our launch by a good nine months. So I knew I was an entrepreneur because I was planning it, but it definitely delayed the business not being technical. What's the best advice you've ever received? Don't think of yourself as asking for a favor. Think about what good you are bringing to the other person. And if you can't think of any good that you're bringing to them, then probably don't ask for the favor, but try and change your mindset. And a great example of this is, let's say I know someone who could give me an introduction for sales. Previously, I might have thought, oh, you know, do I really want to ask them for a favor of introducing me to that person? And how does that put them in place? Now I think about it as the person they know is missing out if they're not connecting with athletes, because I firmly believe that that brand is perfect for what we do. And therefore, the person I'm asking to introduce me is actually doing as you know, is doing them a solid as well. And they will be thankful that like, hey, you introduced me to this awesome company and that's helped my business. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Probably say lead by example. Um, I have no fear about working harder than anyone else um, on my team. I, I've got no ego in terms of like coming in first or leaving last and working at the weekends when everyone else isn't working. And so I don't demand people to work harder than me. I just hope that they see me working harder and that makes them work harder too. Recommend one internet resource. Yeah, probably controversial here. I would just say Google. Um, I There is no question that s- someone that hasn't answered on the World Wide Web. And so there is no excuse to not know anything. Um, your best friend is Google if you know how to use it, even to the point of like, if you type in the right words at the right beginning of the sentence to get the right answer. So you know, don't be scared to look things up. Keep hunting until you find the answer. It might be on page three because everything on page one and two is not that relevant. But you know, find answers using the internet. Recommend one book and share why. I love Ben Horowitz, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, because it's almost like a, a manual for a, an entrepreneur, for a CEO. Um, the beauty of it is it's not, I read it about a year ago, and then I reread it about two months back. And there are different parts of the book that, you know, that speak to me now, that spoke to me back then. And also it's a very honest book into how he was feeling. And I think that's really nice to be able to say, okay, everyone goes through these ups and downs. Well, Fire Nation, I know you love audio. So if you're not currently an Audible member, head over to eofirebook.com and you can listen to this book for free. And Ish, I want to end on fire. So give us a parting piece of guidance, share the best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Ah, oh, thank you. So, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, I'm Ishveen Anand, kind of everywhere that you can see me. And obviously, if you're interested in what we're doing at Open Sponsorship, then please reach out by email as well. A parting piece of guidance. Don't give up. It's a really tough journey, no matter where you, where, you know, you raise money, it's tough. You don't raise money, it's tough. You employ someone, training is tough. Like, it's always really tough. Um, don't give up and surround yourself with great resource. And that could be great podcasts like yourself, the internet with answers or a solid group of friends. 
Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with IA and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com, just type ish in the search bar, and it's going to show right up the show notes page, so get on over there. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And Ish, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Ish today, and I hope you check out my new podcast. It's live, and it's called Memoir. It's audio biographies of the men and women who actually changed the world. I poured my heart and my soul into these episodes. Each one's like an hour and 45 minutes long or more, some of them less, but the Alexander the Great episodes, almost two hours with voice actors and sound effects. Memoir dot O-N-E, memoir dot one. I'll see you there or I'll see you on the flip side. No matter what you need to send out or how often you need to send it, Pitney Bowes has your sending solution. With Pitney Bowes, you can print postage right from your office and snag special discounts like saving three cents per letter and up to 39% off USPS shipping rates. And plans start as low as $5 a month. Visit pb.com slash fire to learn more and sign up for your free trial. That's pb.com slash fire. Terms apply. See site for details. Looking for a website that can help you crowdsource design projects quickly and easily? Whether you're looking for custom graphics, a new logo, or even a brand new web design, DesignCrowd has you covered. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer for Fire Nation, or simply enter the discount code FIRE when posting your next project on DesignCrowd. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash fire.